A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Um, yeah, just, just like forehead and pointed ears were all visible at like the deliberating table, just like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you can't see their grinding teeth beneath the table. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> oh, welcome back to the Internet's number one fake history podcast, The Lore Boys. This is uh, episode three, Verdominaria United arc from Magic the Gathering. So check out the episode description for links to parts one and two. If you haven't heard it, I am your host, Ethan Palmer. With me, as always, is James and Peter. James is the one you can always tell James by the one smashing things on his desk during the intro. Oh, I was plugging in my headset. Sorry about that. Oh, that okay. <laughs> uh, I didn't mean to make a noise, but um, <laughs> here I am, James Loreboys um, United once again. Oh, true. And I'm uh, the Rizzler. I just learned that word, Peter O'Donnell. Yeah. That is Peter also true. Out, or we've all been sticking out our gat for Peter the Rizzler. I am the Rizzler. I, d- I did always do stick out my gat for Rizzler thing. <laughs> I think God. that's a thing that I did always do. Like you, you're so skibbity, dude. <laughs> I'm, Where did Jamie I'm learn so these skibbity. words? Is it Instagram reels? Is that how this happened? Like, I'll, I'll never tell. Which... I believe James on on TikTok. I'm actually not. You I'm don't on, uh, you have a I'm on talk. reels, reels, shorts, and Twitch so far. I haven't made the full transition to uh, Zoomer Media, but okay, I see. It's scary. It's a scary place. Everyone's. It will be our interpreter. Everyone's yachting or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so where we left our magic story. <laughs> Um, Where we left the Rizzler, I mean Karn. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we were we were we were been following Karn and his kind of investigation of the Phyrexians on Dominaria. Uh, he got buried under a mountain, got rescued by a Johnny. Uh, him and a Johnny uh, met up with some other or another two other planeswalkers, Jaya Ballard and Teferi, uh, and some sorcerers. Um, one of whom turned out to be a Phyrexian in disguise. Oh yeah. They investigated a tower. They got picked up on a. Um, uh, by the Weatherlight, the the skyship that patrols Dominaria with Dominaria's like resident Justice League of non planeswalkers, but the the ones who can't leave the plane. Um, and after being picked up by them, they agreed we're gonna make a stand at the Mana Rig, this like ancient Thran structure uh, built in in the deserts of Shiv. Um, and they said, okay, we're gonna split up and and find some allies before we do that. So we followed one of the three stories uh, last episode, which was Jaya going off to find Ajani and the Benelish Knights of House Capassian, only to find an old wizard named Ertai and his pet Phyrexian Dreadnought. Uh, cool. It's all ringing bells. I know it's been It like all weeks, is. But, and the last yeah. time I did not picture who would work on a mana rig. I'm just picturing ripped, ripped wizards trying to like put piping in. To <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
Hey, who's the new guy? Oh, he got soft little hands. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my. Yeah, just like uh, soaked in whatever whatever color magic they're they're fracking oil. out of the ground. Right? Yeah, just, uh, their, their pointed hats are a little bit floppy from all the sweat in the midsection of the hat. Yeah, well, you yeah. need like a pointed yeah. hard hat for safety. With all the stars, it's like blue with the stars and moon yeah, on of it. Course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then your like work gloves would also be like kind of like silken, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, you got to like check the schedule. It's just like a crystal ball. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I follow. I follow. You know, it, oh, everyone's going to the everyone's going to the strip club after uh, a long like three weeks on shift. Everybody, grab your brooms. We're, we're heading over. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Climbing yeah. in and out's got to be cut. Give me your broom. You have you have way too many, bro. Give me give me your broom. You're way too drunk <laughs> to fly, bro. <laughs> would you just handle? Would you just like hand over like a bundle of like the the sweeping like the bristles? Like as if that's yeah. like you have, to, you, have, you have to put the bristles in the back of the broom as the ignition. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. So so Gianna Johnny go off to find knights to help in the in the fight. Um. It's a real well, bug's life scenario here. He's going to find circus freaks. Yeah. Exactly. Uh. Okay. Well, they were off dealing with those those parasitical tendencies that they were they were uh grappling. We have our resident archmage Joda, uh, the the Eternal, who's thousands of years old who's heading to a, a place called a, an island called Yavimaya to recruit some Fey folks. So Yavimaya is a large island in uh, a part of Dominaria known as Terrasier, uh, covered in thick forest. At the end of an ancient ice age, the forest gained sentience and became a living thing. The elves who lived there, who were uh, refugees from another place called Lanawar, which is actually um, the elves that were fighting with Ajani were the Lanawar elves. They, uh, they had some refugees long, long ago who came to Yavimaya uh, when the forest came to life. And then they were kind of just dealing with this like angry forest. They paired up with the, uh, quote, canon gorillas of the forest to befriend it. <laughs> now they, they live in harmony with the living forest. Like G-E-U or G-O-R? No, G-O-R, like monkeys. Like oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. gorillas. Yeah. But I like that if you, <laughs> if you leave like plants alone long enough, they can just become sentient like make sure to weed your garden or else pulling your carrots later is going to be a whole thing yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> it, i didn't i didn't figure out what exactly triggered it, it just said at the end of an ice, ancient ice age so my assumption is like it was always sentient it's just like yeah. when the ice receded it it thawed and you know was alive like it was it was permafrosted or whatever right yeah um yeah, yeah. so when the ice receded then it's like oh I'm, we're out of the freezer and and we're alive again um nice. So they, they became known they become known as the Yavimayan elves, uh, and and they're the ones that that Joda is going to uh, capture. So Yavimaya, this sentient forest, is controlled by like an avatar of sorts. Um, these avatars are called Maro sorcerers, M A R O sorcerer. Uh, I didn't look up the root of the word, uh, but he is uh, the living embodiment of of a this force of nature, which is the Yavimaya forest, and his he's named Multani. So I sent you guys a picture picture of Multani if you're interested. Um, uh, Maro, I got the etymology here. It is Proto-Celtic, so it's like old, old European, uh, which is uh, dead or to die. So uh, I think that might just be a cool word they pulled, or nice. uh, the first result on the etymology is unrelated. Yeah. I gotta, 
Mara's dead. Welsh Mar or Marb, which is also, yeah, to die. There you go. Um, so Joda has come to Yavimaya to find their, the leader of the, the elves, this elven woman named Maria, or Mar- Maria, um, and negotiate for the aid of the elves in the fight against the Phyrexians. Doesn't take long for him to run into Maria in the story. She's literally the first elf he finds. Uh, she's pretty adamant that uh, they're not going to leave the forest to help fight at the Mana Uh She's like, he, they talk for a little bit. She takes him to uh, her town, which is this Yavimayan village built on these Thran runes called the, the runes of Krug. Um, and she's like, no, we're, we're not going to leave it. It doesn't make any sense. And honestly, they have pretty good reason not to. So this is the second invasion of Dominaria by the Phyrexians, right? During the first invasion, uh, with Multani's leadership, Yavimaya had been relatively untouched throughout pretty much the whole invasion. The Yavimayan forest was was pretty resilient to the whole thing. The Marrow Sorcerer was uh, is extremely powerful. Um, he had donated like a seed that grew into the wood for the Weatherlight's hull, uh, like magic wood essentially. He like lived oh okay cool like yeah. sentiently inside the the Weatherlight's hull for like a little the wood of the Weatherlight's hull for a little bit too. Oh, um, that's like Queen Victoria within the Resolute Desk in the White House. She <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they she's in there, her spirit. Um, Imagine feel what it feel like to be a ship. It'd be so like stretchy and creaky. I feel like I feel uh, like if you got a good pose, like arms out back, just kind of resting in the water, oh. it could be kind of it could be kind of nice. Okay, you really you have to think where your face and your arms. Well, are I was thinking my face would be where the figurehead already yeah. is, right, and then okay. on on my way back. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. I think I'd rather my, be a boat than a desk. I think I make okay. my face where the uh, rudder is, so then to steer, I could just like spit water to the left or the right. You know? Oh yeah. yeah <laughs> Remember yeah, that yeah. time in, in the in Titanic when the guy falls off the back and bounces off Ethan's lips? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bit him in half. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Uh, so Multani had almost single-handedly turned the tides of war during the first invasion when he uprooted several miles of the unscathed Yavimaya to turn the trees into warriors in defense of the plain. And he sent them to Urborg, the uh the where the final battle of the against Yogmoth of the first Phyrexian invasion took place. Okay, cool. Essentially. So he he he's a, a powerful guy, capable of turning trees into fighters. Can you complicate a plant? Is that the advantage? Uh, I'm not entirely sure if there's any complicated, like it is organic material, but it's usually flesh, not like plant matter. So I don't know. That's an interesting question. Yeah. Um, huh. you wouldn't multi- complicate, huh? you wouldn't complicate a leather purse. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't complicate a car. Yeah. Uh, Compilation is a crime. Yeah. <laughs> Complicating video games is a crime. Complicating <laughs> video games is a skateboard. Uh, <laughs> 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 Multani has a sort of counterpart this is just a fun little aside about Multani I, I was having fun uh, researching him but he has a sort of counterpart from the land of Urborg uh, the black mana part of Dominaria called Yargle Yargle is often described as a gluttonous frog spirit that haunts the realms <laughs> and I did, I did send you guys a, a picture of Yargle because he is uh, I think Pete you will very much enjoy his design because he's, holy fuck speaking of, uh, speaking of uh, ships biting people in half yeah, I mean, he's uh, much more angry than I imagined, uh, frog-wise. Yeah, if you guys oh, hear another uh, bump, it's because Jamie has to plug in his mouth. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect all this back and forth. <laughs> oh, man. 
Look at that guy. He is a frog. He's a, the glorious. Uh, I, the mantis here. limbs at the bottom are uh, not quite as frog-like as, as I imagined. Uh, this uh, elven wizard, though, uh, is as far as a guy who speaks for the trees. The, as far as a Lorax goes for our story, uh, absolutely made a bark. Yeah, not not a lizard. Or not a lizard. Not a lizard. Also not an elf. Uh, he's, <laughs> not a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's just like a spirit. The marrow is... Uh, I did look it up while you were looking. When I said I didn't look up the etymology, I meant like the in in universe etymology which is just like dominarian forces of nature are sometimes called marrow some of them are servants of the world soul gaia very good um so yeah he is just like a spirit essentially that and like the body that you see with the wood is like he has just fashioned himself a body out of wood essentially so that's why i say like he lived as the ship he can just like become the wood of the the hull of the weather light if you want to um, become a little wood, maybe the, the, the <laughs> <laughs> me when I when with uh, when yeah uh, when me um, me when, when you, you are the episode you are when when you're around. I want to see my gluttonous frog spirit. Uh, <laughs> so much later in the timeline than what we're going to talk about today. Again, this is just a fun little aside. Uh, we get we get an excerpt from Emily Tang's the legendary team ups of March of the Machine, uh, and this comes from a card. Um, called simply uh yargle and multani um there were these kind of like team up cards which were like two people essentially like working together and they became one creature as a card um so here's an excerpt from emily tang's uh writing when the demonic frog spirit yargle first noticed the phyrexians charging toward him he was elated so much food also eager to be eaten what he didn't realize was that the, the more he ate the more he exposed himself to the dangerously violent glistening oil Someone else noticed, though, Muldrotha, an Urborg elemental who was the daughter of the Marrow sorcerer Multani. Seeing the danger that Yargal was in, she sent a plea for assistance to her father. Muldrotha managed to persuade him, and Multani bound himself to Yargal, using his powers and existing knowledge of Phyrexia to grant increased resistance to glistening oil. Though Multani had been initially reluctant to help, he found himself impressed by the insatiable nature of Yargal's appetite and found himself with a new appreciation for Urborg's strange ways. Um... So the art is literally just like the giant frog wrapped in wood with like a stern grandfatherly wood face it on the shoulder. So funny. It looks like the Halloween episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns's head is put on Homer's body. But it's like <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, it's a big frog and yeah, and then like an ant face on the side there. It is it's just, fantastic. It's, love it. it's so good. I love it so much because it's like it's so silly. But the art is still amazing, right? Like it's still magic, magic art, and like so well done and so detailed and and everything. Yeah, he's but... also like tearing an arm, like some kind of limb off of a giant metal snake too. Yeah, like you see, you see the dreadnought. That's a Phyrexian dreadnought in the background. Oh, of that right, art, yeah, is yeah, what yeah. I assume. Yeah, it's this giant, 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 like uh, like Jormungandr from uh, God of War, big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll ju- back to the past now to where we actually go. That was just a little aside about Multani and Yargle. But um, back in the past, Joda pleased with Maria, uh, warning her of sleeper agents and the Phyrexian corruption. He's like, like you're not going to be safe in Yavimaya. They they have uh, they got they got sleeper cells. They've got uh, you know they they might already be among you. You don't. Any know. of these plants could be a Phyrexian. <laughs> yes. And just like uh-huh. grabs a, just grabs a branch, like snaps it off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> that flower just saying no i'm not <laughs> yeah that flower is actually a plant from a different government yeah, i'm not a lizard <laughs> yeah. no, 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 lizards. um so she's unmoved she's confident that multani can sort the good from the bad whenever they return to the earth she's like if we have sleeper cells among us and we all die multani will sort us out basically 
Um, so she gives them a firm but fair nabra when they hear a noise from behind them. Uh, so this is from uh, this is an excerpt from Langley Hyde's "A Brutal Blow," the uh, fourth story in the five-part um, Dominaria United story. Birds arrowed through the sky overhead, screaming. She watched them, a frown marring her forehead between her brows. Hoots boomed through the forest as monkeys shouted the alarm, and Jonah even heard the coughing roar of some great forest cat. Maria turned to face him. Something is coming. She spun and ran out from the building. Jonah fell into pace beside her. In the distance, tree branches rocked, then shattered, exploding upward in a burst of greenery as a dragon engine reared into Yavimaya's vacant blue skies. Jonah had never seen a mechanism so vast. Its bronze skull glistened in the hot tropical light, blotting out the sun. Its razor-edged back sloped away into the rainforest, longer than the ridge of a hill, and it waded through the trees toward Jodah, Maria, and the elves. The dragon engine's serrated mouth gaped open in a voiceless roar. Its thrum was so deep, Jodah couldn't hear it. He could only feel it, like a blow to his heart. The vibrations traveled through the landscape, shattering branches. Parrots dropped from the trees, stunned. Small marsupials fell, eyes and noses bleeding. Jodah touched his face, pressing his index finger to the hot trickle that tickled his lips. He too bled. Yavimaya elves emerged from their buildings, scrambling to arm themselves. Ryder led their kavu from the treetop stables. One male elf stumbled from his cottage, holding an infant bleeding from its neck. He stared at Maria with beseeching eyes. Uh, so dragon engines that I, that I referenced there are dragon-like metallic creatures which lived in the first sphere of the OG Phyrexia. Um, they're... Okay. They're Phyrexian dragons, essentially. They're they're called dragon engines because they're okay. they're machines, cool. but they're they're just dragon engines, basically. Or they're just <laughs> Phyrexian dragons. They're obviously just dragon engines, but they're dragon. Yeah, I, I <laughs> the, the, obviously the physics of this doesn't work because of the sound being like slower than light. I would love <laughs> to think that there is like just like a regular elven farmer or something, and just like whatever working plowing his fields, and then it's just like one parrot drops. He's like, that's odd, and then like two. And then three, and then it's like, and he's like, oh, oh, and then you hear the, then you hear the roar come through the woods. But like this, the uh-huh. sign was the parrots. Like the the animals always know, right? <laughs> <laughs> like just like a bunch of parrots and monkeys dropping from all these palm trees. Par- parrots are so good at speaking because they hear faster than humans. Exactly. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm still stuck on the. The tickle, the no, the trickle that tickled his lips. Wow, that's fun. To that say, made me but... stumble. I'm yeah. sick, and, and reading reading that quote was not as easy as I made it seem, folks. I mean, you're stuck. No, you, yeah. got little, you got a little trickle on your lips, eh? Yeah, I got, little, I got a little lip trickle. He's <laughs> got a warm tickle, tickle. tickle that trickles down his nickels. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, um. Originally, the the uh, dragon engines were created by an, uh, the unknown planeswalker who had originally created the plane of Phyrexia, um, then corrupted by Yogmoth whenever he found it. I see. Um, okay. So they're they're OG to the the first invasion as well. Dragon engines. Um, they, and there's, uh, I'll just there's, look it up. Like, are they mo- like dragons made of Phyrexian metal, or because in my head they're either like a siege weapon, like a cannon on wheels for some reason, or no, like no, an animal. They're dragons. They're dragons. Okay. They're dragons, just made out metal of metal. Dragons. I can I can get you one here. I don't know. So there are other examples of. Uh, oh, here's Phyrexian dragon. Uh, dragon engines. I'm just gonna send you the card art or the card itself. But yeah. um, yeah, they're just they're just dragons. They're Phyrexians. Uh, yeah, as, as far dragons. as a lot of the uh, kind of insane Phyrexian art, they they seem kind of they Same look like regular dragons. Yeah, like they're very dragons. like much less fleshy. They're metal dragons. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So they're uh, they're as intelligent and powerful as their organic counterparts, making them nasty customers. Oh. Uh, and their their remains can be found all over Dominaria, lingering bodies from the first invasion. So like you okay. you, it's not uncommon, or 
it's probably not common, but like finding dinosaur bones, you could find, you know, the bones of these dragon engines from the first. Okay. Uh, all over, all over the plane. Uh, so this dragon engine erupted from the earth in the middle of the forest, sent ancient trees tumbling right in the midst of the Yavimayan village. Uh, as I said, the village had been built upon the ruins of Krug, which was an ancient Thran city. Um, elven archers and spellcasters form ranks. Uh, while Joda kind of summons his magic, he starts summoning a shield to to protect them all, basically. Um, amidst the turmoil, as as these ancient roots are pulled from the ground, Marion notices an artifact littered amidst just like a plethora of old Thran artifacts, which just kind of got uprooted whenever this thing burst out of the ground. She sees one. She's like, oh, that's that's how we beat this thing, essentially. And Joda's like, I don't know what you're pointing at. Uh, like swords, <laughs> gems and orbs. And there's a big fucking on off switch just like yeah. tumbles all, like, over, <laughs> yeah. like, all the gold. Like, that's exactly. the one. It's one of those like electric fly swatters. It's like uh, just big enough for the <laughs> dragon. <laughs> um, so jo- Joda doesn't recognize which artifact she's pointing at. Uh, he's also pretty focused on casting the shield spell. There's a Phyrexian dragon on the loose. It's all pretty crazy. And it turns out there's not just a Phyrexian dragon on the loose. Uh, so the quote continues. The dragon engine craned its head as if to look at their armed forces. Within its skull, its driver sat like a jewel, illuminated with a pale blue light. Even from this distance, Joda could make out her features. See the red light of her replaced eye. She matched Karn's descriptions. Rona. Her teeth were bared in a fierce smile. In That's the, echo- the one that Karn crushed, right? Yeah, the yeah the one that he he was fighting, and then she collapsed the mountain. Yeah, okay. right. In an echo of Rona's own body language, the dragon engine opened, exposing its barbed jaws. Within its mechanized armor plates, the reins, remains of small rotting forest creatures hung suspended between oily ligaments. Rona had butchered them to restore the dragon engine's bulk. Joda's stomach. Uh, so I did just repost her picture for you guys because she's very cool looking. Uh, but yeah, she has the one uh, robotic eye, which she she ripped out of her own head after Karna crushed it. Uh, right, yeah. and was also like cutting into her leg to like replace parts as they were kind of, as they were like monologuing to each other basically um yeah and that's that's in the first episode of, that we recorded um on dominary unit so she's figured out how to pilot a dragon engine after re- restoring it to life is life fair to say i don't know um are the person's alive they're yeah i, th- I think so yeah, I, I don't know if this one is because it's just being piloted by her right now like it's specifically it's like a more of a like it's a it's a zoid right um oh, no, yeah, here it is you got it oh, <laughs> yeah. this is all you get um <laughs> zoid what you get uh, that'd be uh, pretty funny to hide it in a part three of a magic episode though, <laughs> <I think. laughs> um so yeah she's she's figuring out how to pilot it or she's figured out how to pilot it she is piloting it and she's just unleashing it's like breath attack on the the elves uh joda has his shield spell up but he knows he won't be able to hold hold off the creature for long it's big it's powerful uh and his energy is kind of like waning already maria convinces him to leave the shield with her soldiers she's like you keep the shield on them come with me we're gonna go after the artifact so he's like okay sure uh they they find it they dive down turns out she has like a an avatar the last airbender like glider that like pops out from a staff that she had um it's oh, a okay, cool. It's a silver. So it's a silver globe. I wrote it's a silver glover, which is fun. Uh, oh, <laughs> glover part two. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, yeah. It's a silver you know, like, glove. The white Mickey Mouse gloves. She like jumps <laughs> off the dragon. <laughs> oh, now we're ready. Uh, yeah, it's just like, uh, it's just like one, one Mickey Mouse glove sticking out of the earth. She pulls it up and it's Mickey Mouse that she pulls out. 
was, so it was a silver globe co- covered in delicate golden Thran traceries. Uh, Maria beckons Joda to open a portal, uh, and he does so kind of with like the last of his energy. He can't take them very far away, so he just kind of like teleports them like I don't know, maybe a hundred feet. Um, narrowly That's managing not that to... far at all. Like you can still see what's happening. Like, uh, like they, so they see they see everything that happens like through this. Basically, he's he's pretty gassed after like deflecting the blows of the creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he gets him just a short distance away as she activates the device. So the, it's like uh, <laughs> sorry, I I don't interrupt too much here, but it's just like all right. Well, I'm running out of power. Right, I'm going to get us out of here. And like the teleportation, it's like sliding <laughs> furniture, basically like the dome that he's protected them. is like, yeah, <laughs> just like through the earth. Yeah. But yeah. They just like, they just teleport and he just teleports to the outside of his shield spell. Just like on the inside. Like, oh, he's like, oh, just like banging on his own shield. Spell. Uh, he's like pointing down at the ground inside. Just like, roll like, it down, roll like, it mag- down. <laughs> like magic keys on the ground. He's yeah. like, <laughs> Uh, um, <laughs> so uh the quote continues um maria dove through and joda leapt after her. he spun held out his hand and clenched it into a fist the portal collapsed just in time the thran artifact flashed a bright red light that saturated the landscape as if in warning and then instead of a boom there was silence between the yavi mayan elves and the dragon engine a thin film seemed to have formed but it wasn't a film not really on the one side, the side on which Joda stood, the air was thick with cloudy pollen, dust the dragon engine had kicked up, and humidity. He'd never realized that air had a color, not until he looked from an area with air to an area without it. The Thran weapon had created a spherical vacuum. The dragon engine stood in the center of it and roared and roared in absolute silence. But even from here, Joda could see how the dragon engine failed. The organic pieces inside it died. The mangled remains of the woodland creatures, confronted with vacuum, froze. Inside the dragon engine, tendons snapped, organs turned to slimy ice or burst, and muscle fibers solidified. The dragon's wires, writhing beneath its armor, seemed to have become more brittle, more than a few snapped off. The lights faded from the dragon engine, dimming inside its... So they got a... a, a bring-your-own-vacuum-chamber. That's cool. That's pretty good. Yeah, one of his arms floats too close to the International Space Station, and they just put it on the outside of it. It's like a new, <laughs> a new feature. Yeah. <laughs> You yeah. got the Canadian arm that's got like that sterile, that sterile NASA white, and you've got like the twisted dragon arm that's also <laughs> yeah. there just to like. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so Rona manages to escape from the dragon engine and the vacuum. It seems like it's not like a the film layer at the edge of it. Doesn't seem to be anything. I didn't. I I guess just caught by surprise, and this happened fast pretty fast all the muscles bursting and everything no if yeah. her muscles burst or froze or anything i think she's probably seen titan ae and the only scene i remember from that movie is when they have to kick out the window of the spaceship the guy telling the main character you have to exhale before we go into space so she probably yeah, like, lungs will turn inside out yeah yeah you have to to exhale. i mean you're still fucked right like the pressure if, yeah if you're if i don't you're know in the space you're pretty fucked dude yeah uh, yeah if you're raw dog in space man like. i would say i, <laughs> I would need space. them to use the phyrexian arm to grab me and put me back towards the door right i uh. I, I know in space or in a vacuum for that matter you wouldn't freeze because uh like heat loss cold is heat transfer so you need to it needs to transfer to something right so just because yeah, the your blood that would be a pressure thing if pressure anything thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah but like there's no there would be no heat loss because there's no nothing for the heat to go to. There's no air for when you get cold with the wind. It's because the wind is coming and your body is like losing heat to the wind. Right, there's nothing for your yeah. body to lose heat to. So you would just yeah. Um, 
that's the one thing that I'm I'm pretty. But the pressure sure. difference would fuck us too badly. I think like we're just we can't we don't exist that way, man. I go to the gym. I think I could survive. I don't know. I know. Right. I know. Like 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 NASA's astronaut outfits are very expensive, like upwards of a million dollars each, right? So like, there's a lot of pieces in there to keep people alive, right? Yeah. Uh, one of those absolutely. pieces is a diaper. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, when you're out there spacewalking, they do it sometimes for like hours. I've heard like eight hours, twelve hours outside, and you're just working on something, man. Yeah. That's I you do your shift, and you you do your shit too. Yeah. I mean, it's a big process to like get into it and get out of it and go in and out. And I'm sure there's like a million checks and like everything that you have to do. do Right. Bill NASA for putting the suit on or does the shift start when you spacewalk? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I don't know. You got you got to consult your crystal orb to see if you're uh, salaried or if you're on (laughs) your contract. (laughs) I'm on call. I'm on call with NASA. Oh, fuck. I got to go to the space station this week. I got to do my 480 hours on the the Phyrexian arm. Yeah. Goddamn. Damn refrigerator broke. Uh, the Frexian arm's not not working. Can't fix it. It's just like gotta, at the end of the arm, like on the other side of the space. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta exercise a lot up there. I heard the sweat um, starts to form in like globules, and it'll just kind of be like attached to your face, kind of thing, like a big old. You could, you could dab yeah. them off with like a like a plantation owner thing, who's with the consumption, right? Just be well, like, what it, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure the suits are like climate controlled, right? For that reason. Yeah. So yeah, a little plastic dollar store fan right in front of your face. So it's <laughs> just a fan <laughs> in a spacesuit. Yeah, <laughs> with a, one of those like crack like uh, mitten warmers underneath the fan, yeah. just blowing yeah. into your face, like yeah. perfect. Yeah. All right, final checks complete. Uh, we are ready to open the air. Jimmy, did you did you install a fan in the center of your spacesuit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, no control. Don't worry, I did I'll, not. Sorry, <laughs> I'll exhale before we go outside. <laughs> uh, so Rona manages to escape the dragon, the dragon engine in this vacuum. She's like gets outside the bubble. Essentially, she's gasping for breath as Maria regards Maria regards the wreckage of the forest. Um, she realizes not just uprooted trees, but magnagoths, which are are tree folk. So like a lot of these uprooted trees are, are just kind of are these tree folk lay scattered like on, sentient the, forest, on the forest, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she says, hundreds of years of life lost in an instant. Joda inclined his head. That's war. They will find us, won't they? Maria said, wherever my people go. Joda nodded. Maria's eyes shone with both anger and grief. There's only one. Then there's only one path for us, and it doesn't lie in Yavimai. Oh, now I'll never so. find a big titty Magna Goth girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they ki- yeah, they killed all the, the goth dummy mommies in Yavimai. They said, we're going to war. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, after the break, uh, we'll set up some defenses. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wegovy and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. plushcare.com slash weightloss. Welcome back from the break. Uh, we were talking about um, Joda and his search for Yavimayan uh, Elfusi. Um, but now we're... <laughs> Now we're going to uh, we're going to jump over to uh, Karn and Teferi, uh, whom after the group had split up, they had agreed to go to the Manor Rig to Joyra's, Joyra's workshop. Joyra, you guys will remember, was Karn's friend from childhood and from yeah. from Shul from Wizard um, School. Yeah, to begin preparing the defenses uh, from the Tolarian Academy. I would love for like Karn <laughs> on his way to like meet Joyra, like get stuck at a toll booth. And it's just like, oh, God, I can't believe this is now. I hope things are going better for Joda, who is like currently <laughs> in like in like a forest war. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so so Karn, you guys will remember, had found at the very beginning of the first episode. I don't even remember if I talked about it, honestly, but he had found a um, clay tablet, which he believed had instructions on how to operate the Silex. So he had the Silex, the gold goal. Gothian, Golgothian Silex from ancient times, which was what uh, in the Brothers' War, Mishra had detonated to like lay waste to the the nuke essentially. Yeah, um, yeah, that yeah, okay. Mishra had used to lay waste to like huge swaths of land. Um, so Karn has that. He thinks he wants to take it to New Phyrexia, detonate it there, and and destroy all the Phyrexians. That's like his plan. Um, so he had found a clay tablet when he was poking around in the caves of Koilos. Um, and now he's like, he has it committed to memory. Um, he doesn't have the tablet on him, but he's like, he remembers it perfectly because he's a computer. Um, so he's committing himself to trying to decipher it. Uh, he's like, I'm going to uh, study this thing that I remember in Joyra's room. So don't bug me. Okay. Thank God uh, we have like the guy, the, the main dude on the mission here has the gist of what to do. I'm glad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so you open memory. the door and Karen's got like one arm on the wall and the tablet underneath him. Like from, you just see him from his back. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, exactly. <laughs> what, what are you doing there? No, there. <laughs> yeah. I, I do want, I do want to stress. So Joyra is not home and he is just hanging out in Joyra's room. There is like one part, like at the beginning of this section where it's like, he lays down on her bed exhausted. Um, <laughs> I'm sure she wouldn't mind. I've been <laughs> buried alive two, for a bit. A two-ton golem, yeah. Two-ton, eight-foot-tall golem. Golem in my bed, yeah. <laughs> Golems don't even use bed frames, I bet. <laughs> oh, yeah, mattress on the floor. Yeah. Yep. That's what um, I got. So he, he's committing himself to try to decipher the memory of the clay tablet, while Teferi is going to recruit more allies uh, to help in the fight. So first, Teferi goes to see a little someone named Rami Deragaz. Remy Derigaz, uh, also known simply as Derigaz, sometimes, uh, whose name means conception uh, and is the firstborn of the primeval dragons of Dominaria. I really you know, expected to see something uh, that wasn't a picture of a tiny elephant standing on top of what bowling pins, <laughs> like a newspaper <laughs> ad from nineteen ten. <laughs> yeah, like beer bottles or something. I don't know. Uh, uh, Jamie asked me what a dog and pony show was, so I oh, well, when I went to the washroom. Excuse yeah, me, exactly. I thought this was relevant. <laughs> no, we haven't talked about it. Now you're talking about it, but that's just you're, yeah. Pete's leaking the DMs. The, Whoops. The, <laughs> yeah, dog and pony show is like when someone's making a big show trying to sell you something. So yeah, yeah okay. next exactly. time someone comes to your door and trying to sell you something, you say, enough of the dog and pony show. Yeah. Yeah, it's before the you'll, snake oil guy shows up. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll I mean, be like, what does that mean? And you'll be like, wait, let me add you to this Discord server. Yeah. <laughs> it's linked below, sir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you probably want to listen to episodes one and two before you join the Discord server. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, 
So, so, so Rami Darigaz, uh, the firstborn of the primeval dragons of Dominaria. Uh, the primeval dragons are oh. only uh, younger than the el- elder dragons. Elder is older than primeval. I thought that was backwards, but um, so yeah, like basically the second generation. Dra- he's a second gen dragon. Um, Darigaz's current inc- incarnation, uh, as he has been reincarnated a few times, is described as a massive, somewhat humanoid dragon. He's broad-shouldered with muscular arms that end in hand-like claws. I did post a picture for you guys. Uh, his, his dark, umber-colored skin is more leathery Ugh. than scaly uh, and features striations on his tail. Uh, his lizard-like... Oh, this guy's a lizard. Uh, his lizard-like face features horns like a ram's, and he breathes a white-hot flame that can vaporize enemies, earning him the nickname the Igniter. Not the vaporizer? Yeah, this, this guy's the king of vape nation. Uh, <laughs> no he doesn't believe in vaping vaping's not cool and how he is he related to con- conception he's he, named conception his name okay. darigaz or, or rami darigaz means conception the the five primeval dragons which were born of the elder dragons were each named for the different phases in a dragon's life so he's the first he was conception the last one's named death the he second already- is childhood youth then adulthood uh oh, or oh, adult oh. And it's, these are just translations from the draconic language that they speak, yeah. presumably. So there's no puberty dragon with acne and braces and like a, <laughs> yeah. and like a crustache that, yeah. it, that refuses to shave. I'm totally that, gonna, I'm totally gonna vaporize you guys. <laughs> <laughs> that for sure exists in Spyro. Yeah. One of the eggs you open, and it's like Ned, and he's got his little mustache on his head, like <laughs> glasses or something. There's so many nerdy dragons in that. Yeah. I had a crustache for a while. I'm willing to admit that. I still do. Years later, I've had one for I've had one for seven years now. I mean, I can you can <laughs> see it on camera. It's not a crustache. Come on, it's better than that. A little. Uh, blonde. Yeah, very very blonde. I I I get it all the time. Where like I, I've had like cl- like I remember a, a, a university class where I had this like really weird professor who was he was a very nice guy, but he was like a business owner and it was a an entry level like business school class. So he I guess he just like taught this one class as like a fun side project for himself uh to collect a little paycheck um but he came up to me he's like so do, do you uh, do you have a mustache i'm like sitting in the first row i'm like yeah i guess like i don't know like why do you why you gotta bring so much attention to this thing man <laughs> 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 um but it's there it's there and it's fine i'm not a lizard i got that going for me oh uh, yeah um so teferi had reached out to uh this lizard remy darigaz uh old ignitey to try and enlist the help of Dominaria's dragons in the fight against the Phyrexians, only to be told they they're deliberating. He's like, "We're we haven't made up our mind, basically. If we're gonna if we're gonna help." So he's mm-hmm. like, "Okay, well, fine. I'll go talk to the Gitu, uh, who are humans native to Shiv, where the Mana Rig is located, the the, the continent of Shiv." Um, but they tell him, "Well, we're not gonna decide until the dragons make a decision." Because we want to be on whatever side the dragons are on. So if they're yeah. not fighting with you guys, we want to go fight with those. We got right? all these wizards working the rigs, and they're going to side with the dragons either way. And this town runs on rigs, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got, so we got to get the dragons by it. It's the food chain, baby. Mana rig <laughs> eats magic. Dragons eat rigs. It's all part of the chain. You can't eat the delicate ecosystem. Uh, <laughs> so Teferi says, okay, I'll go talk to Vyashino. Uh, lizard folk uh, is once again told, they're not going to align them. They'll align themselves until the dragons do first. So everybody that he's going to see is like, what are the dragons doing? He's like, well, they're still deciding. They go, well, we'll wait for the dragons to make up. Their I mind trust first. them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he didn't come up completely empty handed, though. Uh, so he does get one faction to join his cause. Uh, the goblins. 
the goblins of Sh- of Shiv had come forward to offer their help. Um, oh yeah, I can't wait. But a bunch of people wearing like upside down potato bags as clothes with like pointed sticks are like, we don't need to wait for the dragons. You're like, come on, <laughs> <laughs> straight up. Um, it, it did say in the story like they specifically chose to help because they were confident that the dragons would come around. And then the the get to the humans and the lizard folk would come around once the dragons did. So the goblins straight up are like, well, politically in the future, we want to be able to say say we were the first ones to join the coalition because it's going to be like a big political move for us to say that. So uh, it's just like just goblin scheming still. Yeah, all these these goblins scheming to be on the right side of history. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, So they're not the mightiest fighters. They're tenacious. They're high in number. Uh, and their kind did help to use the mana rig uh, in the in the ancient past to produce the metal, which would become the weatherlight all those years ago. Um, okay. So they're at least culturally, I guess, familiar with with the mana rig. I don't think goblins are that long lived that there's any still around, except for maybe some very powerful wizards or something like that. What are they, like hamsters? Um, it's just <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, yeah. Weeks. Yeah, it's like I'm an, an an adult goblin. He's like he's eight months old. Like, oh my god, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Lo- he looks great. Just hang you, gotta, <laughs> you gotta get two goblins if you're gonna have one because then they get depressed if they're alone. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. it. If you put a goblin in a cage with nothing to do and a, a clean water bottle and then a water bottle full of cocaine water, he'll always go for the cocaine water. But if yes. you pull put him in like a goblin paradise with a bunch of other goblins and a bunch of goblin playthings, like you know then rusty, he does cocaine and he plays and goblins yeah. yeah exactly then he'll still do cocaine because he's goblin <laughs> goblins <laughs> love cocaine is the <laughs> is really all this experiment taught us it's yeah. why the, i mean i'm gonna go out on a limb here i don't know anybody who works on an oil rig i bet you it's pretty popular with oil rig workers too oh yeah no that's a big <laughs> thing in alberta uh, all of our our hometown friends who went out west uh definitely I <laughs> uh, spent a lot of money on 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 things out there. Yeah. Navy that's, guys too. That's the guys I know guess. in the navy are big yeah. are big yeah. uh, big big white girl fans. <laughs> <laughs> One of the guys that Ethan said or that Peter said earlier. Oh, that's a great actor's name. I, I know he's been out on the ring getting wild himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that man, Idris Elba. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Karn and Teferi are kind of discussing their options, you know, lets them know, hey, we got uh, we got coked up goblins to help us out, but none of the other ones. We're not sure if the dragons are going to come oh, help us. Yeah. Actually, that is a coke. That is straight up coke move. It's just like, no, I trust the dragons. They'll come around. Don't worry. About it. <laughs> exactly. So so Karn. Yeah, exactly. Well, they have so many like short, sharp little pieces of metal to use as like a, a one of the spoons, right? That you use for cocaine. Yeah, or like just, cut up a line. They, they, like, yeah. They've got a bunch of mirrors too. Yeah, a bunch of little <laughs> cutting up their lines with like rusty machetes. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so um, Karin still hasn't made any progress on the the tablet or deciphering the silex. So he literally just kind of like sat around and thought for while Teferi was doing all this work. Yeah, in his uh, friend's bed trying to read notes he wrote on a napkin for a thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't read clay tablets in the bed. It gets crumbs everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, yeah, he's, he's like, like he's, he's a very, chest. <laughs> very powerful golem, right? So like, instead of like crumpling up the piece of paper at the end, he just like crumbles the, the stone tablet. <laughs> yeah, <he won't laughs> yeah. Mod, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd let her read in bed. I wouldn't kick her out of bed for reading clay tablets. I'll <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. That's it. There you go. 
Uh, so Cardinal and Fire, they're, they're discussing their options, what to do, the newfound allies that they've acquired, the goblins. Uh, and there is a deafening screech followed by an impact which shakes Jorah's workshop and the entirety of the mana rig. Carnage uh, Fairy rush outside to see what on the roof could cause such a clatter. Um, I have another quote for you guys. In Shiv's skies, so hot they were not blue but a seared white, the weatherlight wheeled through the sky, draped in the rotting detritus it had been using as camouflage from Phyrexians hunting them. It seemed they hadn't been able to elude one, though, which circled them like a predator. Unfurled, the Phyrexian dominated the sky. Its thin, bat-like wings had clawed metal tines with too many joints, and its body was a mass of fibers. The weatherlight fought it, firing harpoons into the beast, but the barbs fell through the loose mesh of fibers, useless. Magic blinked across the sky, but even Karn could see that this creature effortlessly outmatched the weatherlight. But then a small shadow in Shiv's white sky grew closer, spreading two massive wings, a dragon. Even Karn had to appreciate a full-grown dragon. No mightier being existed on Dominaria, the apex of both violence and wisdom. The shadow brightened, glinting as the sun struck its scales. Darigaz had come to their aid. He turned down, diving, and gained speed until he struck the monstrosity. The Phyrexian exploded at the impact, parted into a writhing mass. Still airborne, its fragmented body draped between its wings. The monstrosity attempted to draw itself together. Slick iron fibers wove and interlocked. But Darigaz had already pivoted midair. He exhaled a flame so white-hot over the Phyrexian monstrosity that it did not burn. It vaped. Molten metal droplets rained onto the mana rig's deck, followed by Darigaz himself. People scattered, retreating to a respectful distance. Planeswalker Teferi, Darigaz bowed his head. I accept your proposal to fight here at Shiv. I will defend our skies. No doubt, my brethren will join me, as will those from the other nations who have seats on the Shivan Council. So, they got the dragons. It didn't take long. They're just like, oh, dragons are still deliberating. And then one attack. And they're like, okay, we'll help. I, okay. I, I mean, it's a really good incentive. <laughs> um, so yeah, with the dragons in line, they get to and the Vyashino uh, would shortly follow. The goblins are dishing out a told you so's like nobody's business. Um, yeah, just just like forehead and pointed ears were all visible at like the deliberating table. Just like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so you can't see their grinding teeth beneath the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> they got to get on each other's shoulders to do a line off the coffee table. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it looks like their little coalition is shaping up nicely, right? Things are going great for Carnage to Fairy. Honestly, Jota too. They fought off the Dragon Engine. Things are things are going pretty chill there. Um, across the Great Ocean from Shiv uh, on the continent of Arona, Jaya and Ajani weren't exactly feeling their brotherly love so much. Oh. Uh, as we said, a Phyrexian Dreadnought, uh, large enough to blot out the sky, was towering above them after having burst out from beneath a mountain. Right? Not good things. Uh, Danitha Capashan, leader of the Capashan Knights, had just killed her own father, who was being puppeted by the Phyrexian mage Airtai. I realize I never gave you guys a picture of Airtai. Um, Post-Phyrexian uh, nation. Uh, so I sent him to you there. It looks uh, way more normal than I would imagine a man taken over by the glistening oil. Gonna be real. So this, he, yeah, this guy is not taken over by the glistening oil. This guy was in the first Phyrexian invasion, was was like joined their side essentially. Like okay. of his own free will. You might remember from the, the last episode. So he's more like using their science and technology, but is not corrupted by glistening oil. He looks very cool. Like way less twisted and mutated. He's yeah, got like porcupine quill. He's got like a fade, right? He's a blonde dude yeah. with the fade shaved in or the pixie cut, I guess, if it was on a yep. woman. He's got bleeding uh, eyes. But, uh, he is weeping blood, but also mm -hmm. he has like porcupine quills coming out of the sides of the fade, which I think is very cool. 
And then the forearms, I suppose, would be uh, I was gonna way, say, yeah. way more important than the 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 do he's rocking. When are you guys gonna mention that he not not has the space between your hands and elbows? He yeah. has four arms, the limbs, like four yeah, of he's, them. He's got yeah. like but, one one giant bicep with yeah. like two four arm forearms uh, jutting out of each bicep. No, it's not. It's yeah. separate. I zoomed in. It's not one big bicep, is it? Oh, it kind of is. Big bicep. I yeah. think it's like I think it's supposed to be merged. I think it looks that's just like, like a shadowed line that you're seeing. It looked like he was like skin welded, uh, like like he's like okay, hold your elbows together, and then they just <laughs> yeah. like sprayed on some skin there, like like also, in the Matrix when Keanu's mouth glue. is shut. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got he's got regular hands on the bottom arms, and his top hands are like Spock hands. He's got like he's got three fingers. Two, yeah, he's got two fingers hand. and a thumb. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice uh, it at first. I noticed his hair. Uh, I I was just like, "Damn, I like you cut, G." And then yeah, back from he, on the porcupine quills. <laughs> just How waiting many for abs? listeners to comment on his own haircut. So he's like, "Oh, look at this guy's haircut, huh?" <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> got like his his uh, armor has like a twelve pack of abs, which is pretty damn cool to him. Yeah. Oh, whatever. He just has like That's a because you know what's great about armor with a twelve pack is you don't even have to work work for it. You just look yeah. like you got it. It's really. Yeah, exactly. thing opens up like a window shutter, and like his beard got to spills out at the end yeah. of the day <laughs> <laughs> thank god yeah finally yeah, a big meal he just yeah he's it's like he's got the little um like the the string when you open your blinds he's got one of yeah. those strings to just yeah, like open yeah, yeah. The, yeah, i was yeah. thinking of also like a retail store gate is what it yeah. sounds like, like <laughs> the security gate yeah but it's like your blinds like whenever you want them to come back down but if it, it's like one side's a little lower oh, than yeah, the other yeah, yeah. 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 So it's this guy, Beer got tucked away, who had summoned the the Phyrexian dreadnought, who had uh, experimented on Aaron Capuchin. You guys might remember, like Aaron Cap- Capuchin still seemed to have some of his faculties uh, whenever he was killed by his daughter. Uh, I like my canon is that because this guy worked on Aaron Capuchin, not be- and Aaron Capuchin wasn't corrupted by the glistening oil, so he wasn't like right, a true Phyrexian. Yeah, yeah. He was just a Phyrexian experiment, basically, like this guy is. Um, so the Land of War elves and the Benelish fighters uh, had exhausted themselves fighting wave after wave of Phyrexian and the two planeswalkers helping them were likewise running out of energy. Uh, I have another quote for you guys here. Ertai laughed softly. He lifted his arm. The upper set had only three stubby fingers on each hand, which he beckoned with. The dreadnought swung its tail around and crushed Phyrexians and Benelish knights alike as it spewed venom. The viscous fluid arced out so acidic it melted trees and boiled the Alpine Creek. The blow echoed throughout the mountain range, triggering distant rockfalls and avalanches. Despite the cacophony of tumbling rock, Jaya could still hear Ertai's delighted laughter. He waved his arms, and the Phyrexians launched themselves into the devastated Benelish forces. Ajani fought Ajaya's back, hacking away at the creatures that skittered toward her. Danitha retreated to aid her troops. She shouted orders that caused the Benelish knights to reform around the Llanowar archers, circling up now that they were surrounded. Fire, she called, and the Llanowar elves released their bowstrings. Their arrows rebounded off the Dreadnought's legs, not even denting its armor. The Dreadnought stretched and straddled the battlefield. It arched its spine. If it released more acid, they'd surely be doomed. They weren't doomed, though. They were, they were okay. Because um, who, <laughs> who, who would save them uh, momentarily but Airtai himself? Uh, he bade the Phyrexians stop, and the Phyrexians listened scurrying away from the turtling defenders, even as they continued to pepper the Phyrexians, uh, the retreating Phyrexians. Ertai told Danitha, leader of the Benelish Knights, to call off her fighters, lest the Dreadnought release another wave of acid over them all. 
and she realizes pretty quickly she doesn't really have a choice in the matter if he's offering if he's offering peace she's going to take it basically Belgium the Netherlands and Lichtenberg have agreed to <laughs> to Germany's demands yeah <laughs> uh, um the knights stop fighting Gaia's flames flicker out um uh, and with it this kind of like wave of fatigue washes over after all the fighting she's done the fighting had stopped but neither Jaya nor Ajani had a plan to really get them out of there. She's like, cool, we got a, we have a reprieve. We're talking, which is a step in the right direction. But what does this guy want? They're at his Can mercy. Can you not there. planeswalk out of uh, Dominaria? Was that one of the rules? Well, they could, uh, okay. but they'd just be leaving all these people to die. They don't right, want to yeah. do, uh, ultimately, they don't want to, they can't get everybody out of here is basically right. what it is. Yeah. Um, that, that, that this this story doesn't it was like ah we tried yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. presumably save themselves presumably like if i was uh writing for magic how the story would go is they would planeswalk away but because they were so tired they would leave dominaria for a long time too so they're probably also leaving dominaria to like its fate with the phyrexians which they probably right. also don't want to do yeah um just because like it can take a lot of energy especially when you're doing it with like little energy i feel like it's something they've established enough uh, enough lore at this point to and <laughs> to support the, that. Frexians are like they take the living things they leave behind and add to their lo- their army, right? So like, even if they didn't care about a single person in 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 Dominaria, if they want to stop Frexians, it's sooner is always better yeah, than later. Exactly, yeah. you're just yeah. giving them more forces at this point. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, so they're at, they're at Airtai's mercy, and he he'd simply melt the defenders if Ajani and Jaya didn't do as he commanded. So they're in a pickle, right? It's a real it's a real pickle. Um, they know that Tamiya was complicated, right? Teferi had told them that a planeswalker had been, had been complicated. Yeah. Uh, so they know that the same could be done to them if they're captured by the Phyrexians, alive or dead. They know that it's a it's a possibility, right? And even though they complicated the the rabbit lady whose name I've forgotten, Tamiya, I just said it. Oh, I I sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, their flesh still can't planeswalk properly, right? So they still need yeah, to be rebuilt. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, like. Yeah, so they can they can get planeswalkers to open the way for them essentially. But they were building Shieldred underground, which is what kicked off this whole thing. Yeah, because the metallic parts are able to planeswalk through the blind eternities. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if somebody else opens the gate, Pezzeret was the one we we learned who opened the gate for oh, right. um, yeah. Ur- Shieldred, and uh, Jengataxis, I believe. Or no, uh, Vorinclex, not Urbrask. Sorry. Wait, um, so the metal goes, but the flesh doesn't. I thought it was the other way around. No, sorry, the metal the metal goes through, but the right. flesh all burns away in the blind eternities. Uh, so when they're, they're just the metal, and they have to rebuild it by adding organic material to the metal pieces, essentially. Okay. Yeah, the lady with the cyborg eye was helping rebuild Shieldred when uh, uh, Karn found her in the first episode we did about this. Yeah, couple non planeswalkers right. generally like organic material. Generally, if you're not a planeswalker, can't travel. That's why Jaya and Ajani can't take like all these fighters with them through the blind blind journeys because they'd just be melted by the blind okay. journeys. It would just be their clothes. Just like we made. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so, Frexian Airport or like a Frexian like place where you're going to, before you take off. When you go through the scanners, it's scanning you for flesh, and it's like I'm not too much flesh back yeah. line, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, sorry, okay. sir. Come, like, come to the side here. Put your shoes on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> put your shoes on. Take your feet off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's no there's no bomb in this luggage. So like you're gonna need to take this with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Jaya tries to stall, just being like, well, "We don't want to be captured. We got to think of something to buy yourself enough time and energy to I don't know conjure a fireball inside Airtai's skull." 
what whatever it takes, right? When something, I think you could say, peculiar happened. Uh-oh. A sweet breeze cleared the battlefield stink. It brought with it the clean scent of leather and oil. The horizon began to brighten, the western horizon, with the sheet Finally, of gold. Finally, the haberdasher has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> the air gained a peculiar, unearthly quality to it, as if the particles hummed with ancient tension. An immense but sleek golden ship tore through the mountain's rubble, rocks kicking up in the wake behind it. The shimmering vessel swooped in a circle around the Phyrexian dreadnought. Hundreds of Keldon warriors leapt from the ship, landing on the dreadnought, dreadnought's wide, scaly back, and they drove their blades and cleated boots into the creature's hide to secure themselves. Um, so yeah, a flying golden ship shows up <laughs> out of uh, like shows up, and a bunch of Vikings jump off it and onto the dreadnought <laughs> to fight them. This is some like first year of Lord of the Rings shit. This is rad. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like uh, when Stormy and Gensler show up again and they're all just like covered in bronze now. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Fired by Otatarl, yeah. Yeah. Um so this flying golden ship is known as the Golden Argosy. Uh very much a play on the Argonauts, uh, the Argonaut, I think. Or yeah, the Argos, the I guess Argosy. is the ship. Yeah. Named <laughs> after the Toronto football team the argonauts <laughs> yeah. were the men on it yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. It, uh, the ship is the argo it's just argo Ar- 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 yeah uh so the golden argosy Ar- uh was once a piece of keldon myth keldon are the keldon are of keld their dominarius viking stand-ins i feel like we talked about them a bit during the Murari episodes but i do not fucking remember <laughs> yeah. so uh, i got stuck on the argo thing what if like fargo was just william h macy on with the argonauts <laughs> <laughs> oh geez nice fleece you got there uh jason huh oh boy what happened to hercules he just jumped off to ch- choke poseidon jeez oh, let me right, tell you that boy sure does love wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> I would watch the fuck out of that. Movie. Absolutely, it, yeah, it's yeah. just it'd just be like, oh, you know that the monster on that island is just kind of funny looking. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Only had yeah. one eye. A minotaur. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fargonauts. Um, so uh, Jason and the Fargonauts. Uh, Cohen Brothers. Crunch at us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the Golden Argosy was originally uh, not a myth, but it was like this legendary ship. It was built uh, on top of this holy site of uh, Keld called the Keldon Necropolis. Um, it, it was prophesied, excuse me, that uh, this ship would fly forth from the Keldon Necropolis to bring the mightiest Keldon warriors to an eternal battle known as the Keldon Twilight. Is this like fall- a Valhalla battleship that like yeah. returns to the world of the living? Yeah, exactly. So that it, rocks. It, holy shit! They're very Viking, and it's it's this ship would shepherd the mightiest warriors to this eternal battle known as the Keldon Twilight, where fallen warriors would be resurrected by the Keldon gods forever to serve in this battle. It's an eternal Sick. battle, and they would just keep fighting and dying and getting resurrected and fighting and dying and getting resurrected. So which is like, like the, the perfect counter to the Phyrexians that keep rebuilding and complicating the dead, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This is and this, every Call of Duty deathmatch a dr- lover it's their dream it's yeah, like it's the yeah. infinite respawns dude and yeah. you're just going oh, yeah, in dude. and you're fighting for the rest of yeah. your life man phase <laughs> clan has come we've been <laughs> saved <laughs> yeah. dude this guy won't get off the ship with the noob tube man he just yeah. he's, <laughs> he's just camping the, camping the golden argosy yeah it's william h macy <laughs> oh sheesh i thought it was an okay move yeah <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I I can fuck with Midwestern Phase Clan, dude. <laughs> all right, all right. 
So so this isn't this is not the first time that Dominaria has seen uh the Golden Argosy. Many Keldons saw the coming of the first Phyrexian invasion as the Twilight, that eternal battle. And they eagerly took up arms to face off against the Phyrexians. Uh the first time. They met the Phyrexians on a frozen lake, uh, and a battle was fiercely fought. Much to their dismay, however, to your point, Peter, about how this would be perfect to deal with the Phyrexians. The fallen Keldon warriors were not resurrected by their gods, but instead they were reanimated by the Phyrexians to fight against their clansmen. Okay. The, cl- the classic, mm. I was reading the prophecy upside down. State, yeah, right? yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, oh no, it, it, it didn't say the ghosts shall defeat the fucking Phyrexians. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> they can complicate uh, spirits? That's crazy. No, it's like the, the bodies would die uh, fighting the Phyrexians, and then they like on the battlefield, they were reanimating the bodies to fight for them, right? As, oh, as excuse me. I, I, I'd imagine these dudes is showing up as dead warrior spirits return to the world of the living to fight the Phyrexians. Oh, no. no. So, so they, just, they, they thought that the, the Keldon Twilight, the final battle, was coming. So they were like right. eagerly kind of like going to battle to die a worthy death, prove their worth, blah, blah, blah. And oh, then okay. in, this, in this one battle against the Phyrexians on this frozen lake, like the, the first major. Um, uh, engagement they realize like oh we're not getting resurrected to fight the phyrexians eternally we're getting resurrected by the phyrexians to fight ourselves okay right okay. uh which is which is blasphemy Do they get I a guess. new body every time they're like is it an infinite uh, no it's soldier like soldier maker add, like add metal right probably okay. the phyrexians they probably have like i don't know a big tub of mercury tentacles. i thought yeah. it's like whenever you're playing like a multiplayer game and you die you leave your body behind and you come back right with your new body and then oh, they just yeah. kept, and they just kept just up, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just making more and more. Because how do you like fight against yourself if not with a new body, right? That'd like, be an interesting yeah. respawn mechanic in an actual video game. But with the Phyrexians, you probably like your teeth fall out, your arm be like, bad breaks for... open, and has a bunch of like pointy spines inside. Of it. <laughs> they need to despawn for uh, everyone's computer to run well. We can't have the Phyrexians just pick up all the dead bodies, or else we're fucked. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. run a ramp. <laughs> yeah. Uh... So, uh, seeing the atrocity, uh, a Keldon leader shattered the ice of the frozen lake, plunging both sides into the icy water. The Golden Argosy left the Keldon Acropolis for the first time thousands of years ago, and instead of shepherding the mightiest warriors to the Battle of Keldon Twilight, rescued them from the freezing waters and certain deaths at the end of the Battle of Keldon Twilight. So again, had it backwards. It's like, oh, the prophecy says it's going to take them there to fight and then die and get resurrected, but instead they fought died got resurrected and then it took them away okay uh, essentially so uh that first time it took the survivors to urborg for the final confrontation with yogmoth and the first gen of phyrexians before disappearing again until now it basically the golden argosy hasn't been seen uh since that that last time that it shepherded them and uh them and seems that rada had found the legendary ship rada is the leader of the Keldon warriors uh, and was using it to move her Keldon uh, fighters around the plane to fuck up Phyrexians. And uh, so, using it to ship sugar to Portugal. Like, it really it was <laughs> pointless. <laughs> uh, so I, I posted a picture for you guys of uh, Danitha and uh, Rada. Of, uh, Rada is a planeswalker, uh, I should mention, um, of the Keldon warriors fighting back to back. And uh, you guys can appreciate that while I read you a quote. Okay. Rada let herself... Rada herself led her warriors onto the Phyrexian Dreadnought's battering ram head. The Phyrexian monstrosity still on the ground seemed to realize that the Dreadnought was vulnerable to this assault. 
Rather than sheltering against the Dreadnought's legs, they too started to scale it to attack the Keldons. Archers, cover us. Knights, after me. Danatha charged the Dreadnought. For Dominaria. The knights roared and followed, plowing into the Frexians that sought to defend the Dreadnought. The Dreadnought, beneath the Keldon onslaught, released a moan that shook the entire landscape. Ajani bellowed, Archers, to me, fire on the Frexians climbing the Dreadnought. Jaya raised her hands. Her flame brightened with her renewed spirits, and she blasted the skittering creatures that had pivoted to attack the archers. Ajani pressed close to her, defending her from any Phyrexian that headed her way. Rada had pierced the Dreadnought's eye, leaving a gash large enough for Rada to stand within the socket. Aqueous cool. humor spurted, followed by the thicker, clear goop of vitreous gel. Rada hacked through the muscular iris. The Dreadnought shrieked in agony, tossing its head to throw her off. Its lower jaw gaped. It dripped blood, black fluid, and pinkish organic matter from its mouth. Airtai bellowed, Sheldred will hear of this. I hope she does, Jaya called. The creature crumpled, one joint at a time relaxing into death. The Keldons on its back let out a cheer and then flattened themselves, bracing to ride out its fall. The Benelish knights who'd been fighting the underneath the Dreadnought scattered. Jaya and Ajani both stared up at the nearing bulk of the Dreadnought's underbelly, how it blotted the sky. Jaya scrambled out from underneath the Dreadnought, squeaking past its final crash into the earth. The sound resounded in the mountains. Then, after that, the roar of avalanches and tumbling stone, and then that until that too trickled into silence. So they did it. They beat the dreadnought, guys. All all good. Beat the Damn. beat the dang beat the dang big guy. Um, I don't want to bury the lead too much because it's an episode I've always wanted to do. This really seems, at least the fragments that you've given us, seems like a reference directly to. Uh, and Salagon the Black, the largest dragon in Middle-earth, who was oh. killed by a flying sailboat, and when he crashed into the ground, destroyed, oh, like, yeah. three mountains. That's cool as hell. Uh, Which is pretty cool. Uh, because we're going to do uh. a Middle-earth dragon episode one day, TM, is is why. And I'm like, ah, oh, maybe, maybe we can be like, hey, this inspired the Phyrexian Dreadnought fight Let's as do well. Do it. Lower Boys Cannon. Yeah. yeah. Lower Boys Lang- Langley, Langley Hyde. That's, that's where she got her inspiration. Do big dragon. Do big dragon, do Peter. Um, so with that, you know, the, the Keldons joined the coalition as well. We got one more group of allies, the, the Viking people. Um, back at the mana rig, Karn is reunited with his old friend Joyra, which is really, really good for him, right? He's like, I wasn't in your room. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Eat and play tablets on the, co- on the covers. <laughs> uh, so they're just kind of catching up. Uh, when Karn gets a call from Joda, sounding a little upset. Um, <laughs> Joda's voice came through, clear as if he stood in the room alongside them. I'm headed towards Shiv with the Yavi Mayan elves. Maria was able to recruit several neighboring groups. Since we're traveling by tree folk, it will take some time to reach you. Karn, there's something you need to know. Yes, Karn asked. Joda hesitated. There's a spy in the new coalition. Oh, no. But more on that next time, I think. Uh, I do think there will be one more episode of Dominary United. We're not going to... I realized this when I was writing this episode. I was like, I don't know if I made it clear that the Phyrexian arc does not end at the end of Dominary United. <laughs> oh, really? Gonna, oh, it's going to be like uh, Kamigawa, which like they, they're going to defend uh, oh, Dominaria okay, yeah. to some extent, at least. Um, right. But this is very much focused on the plane. There's like March of the Machines, which comes, uh, you know, Phyrexian Invasion. There's like later sets, which focus much more on the... Uh, Invasion of the multiverse and then going to New Phyrexia and kind of stopping them there. Okay, cool. Which maybe we'll do someday, but uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed that episode. Hope you're looking forward to the next one. I am looking forward to writing it. 
and figuring out who this ding dang spy is, huh? Yeah, man. Huh? I I want to know. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's you. Me. I think I'm the spy. I wasn't ready for this. Um, thanks so much for listening, everybody. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a rating or review on the podcast app of choice or telling a friend about the show. Uh, it's the best way to help us grow. It's those two things, probably. I don't know. Um, Pete, what's going on with Instagram? Uh, at Lowbrooks Podcast on Instagram, give us a follow. Give us a little hello. I'm on vacation. I might not respond to you at time of recording, but uh, I will get back to us. I always enjoy getting some DMs from the people. Um, and yeah, other than that, I've been working on both uh, the Lore Boys and my personal artwork. So I don't know. Keep it tuned in. Yeah, uh, and Jimbo, uh, what's 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 up to you? Come on, come hang on the Discord. This is where people are chatting. Uh, it's where you find me a lot of the time. Uh, we had like someone I think this week named Jack White who just joined. They're like, I'm sitting in the parking lot and I've been listening to you guys forever. And I just like finally joined. It's like, yeah, welcome. And I bet you there's a lot. Well, I know there's a lot of other ones like that uh, from the numbers that we have uh, from we do. Uh, our downloads versus our Discord. Yeah, but, we, we yeah. do talk about uh, all the Discord uh, people because it's great to put faces to all, all of you crazy listeners. But it is also really cool to think about how many people who <laughs> do listen to the show who aren't in the Discord. So shout yeah. out to you guys, whose names we we couldn't possibly know. Yep, you're out I, there. You're Jack listening. White, Jack White's sister, the other White Stripes one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Meg, um, Meg, Megan? Megan White. Yeah, uh, Megan White. <laughs> if you guys uh, want to support the show, we do have a Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Lore Boys, uh, where we, we offer a, f- a few things, loser titles, uh, bonus audio. Um, we, we make it easy for you to find all the episode art that I referenced in this episode. If you just Google MTG, the name of the character, like Multani, you'll get the art that we were looking at. It's really easy to find. Um, but we do make it easy and compile it all on, on Discord uh, for the for the patrons. Uh, so yep. patreon.com slash the lore boys. There's also like, like, we do bonus audio too. So we got like a lot of them. I think we're getting close to 90 and they're like usually half an hour at least. Uh, so there, there's a bunch there's a of those. full week work, a uh, work week of, of bonus audio up yeah. there already and yeah. you'll usually yeah. catch on to some of the reasons why we're joking about things before they they like we didn't quite catch the gat and rizzler shit but it's usually <laughs> the stuff that happens before the the episode uh and kind of works its way into the episode you can kind of see where it came from yeah and hear us talk about what games we're playing personal life stories like if you want to get yeah. to know us better the yeah. premium episodes for, are for everyone's yeah. who's for everyone who's requested lore boys lore it's the bonus audio on the <laughs> yeah. patreon that's, yeah. that's what it's just and you gotta piece it together yourself because it's all spread out in there but yeah. it is lore boys lore yeah yeah, yeah exactly. we leave crumbs uh one thing I've, I've wanted to explain recently just as a refresher to people is uh, the loser titles that we refer to is that the subtitle name of every episode is some goofy bullshit that we generally write down over the course of the episode and release monday generally so that people in our private like discord like the uh, patron discord chats get to guess what the episode is it's a game created by the community seems to be a huge amount of fun there's a scoreboard so that's what the loser titles are if you want to get in early and try and guess what the episode that week is going to be about before everyone else seems to be quite quite the gas it's fun you get to see all like the little insane things that we say that we write them down when when something sounds insane like (laughs) uh jason and the argusy 
And then I just put I just put Jason and the Argussy on Patreon, and you have to guess they're talking about Magic the Gathering, Dominaria United. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. From that, basically. William yeah. uh, so H. Mussy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, Jason and the Fargo Nuts based on the same. Oh, very good. The same. Very good. I wrote down just Fargo. And, um, I had a middle one for you guys, so we we're all writers here. There you yeah, go. There you go. Yeah. Um, team. yeah so uh, if you guys don't trust Patreon, we do, of course, have Lord Boys Prime. This week we are recruiting people for our ship uh to to row essentially. Yeah. I I am wearing my uh South American golden poncho. So I think I'm the leader of the ship by by default. Uh call me Absolutely. Jason. They're just just like the beginning of Moby Moby Dick. Call me Jason. Call me Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so if you're interested in uh in joining up with the uh Lord Boy Knots um, make sure to uh, send us a voice recording of your best Minnesotan accent uh, so that we can uh, send us a, a note somehow. I don't know. There's a way to do this, I think. Um, you can contact us, lordboyspodcast at gmail.com. And, uh-huh. and only the best Minnesotans will be chosen for um, or North Dakotans. I think Far- it's Fargo, North Dakota, right? North Fargo's Dakotans in North Dakota, yeah. Will be chosen for our ship. But the, sh- the show is set, <laughs> or the movie is set in Minnesota, as far as yeah. I know. Is I- it? I think it's said in Fargo, North Dakota, dude. Minnesota. Not to distract too much. <laughs> he goes to Fargo. He goes to Fargo. Who does? Yeah. William H. Macy? William H. Jason to get the Golden Fleece in Minnesota, for Christ's sake. <laughs> 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 it's all coming apart. It's Damn it. Minneapolis <laughs> and Brainerd, apparently. Uh, I took a picture of Pete with his cat behind him, and I posted it in our boys' chat. Look how funny this. I got a funny picture of Pete. Oh, my God. <laughs> that is a good I do one. look... I do look horrible. Cranking out and just ignoring the cat. Also, be in the episode, uh, in the episode picks on Discord if you're interested in joining the Patreon. So, crunch at us and uh, Lord Boys out. Out. Bye, Jamie. Okay, dude. Have to AFK for two seconds. There's something going on. Oh, they got a, he's got a rat on the couch. This is exciting. What's he doing? Oh, he's yeah, walking over both. the couch. His his dog and his cat are both on the couch, very intent on it. Checking it out. He pulled it open. Oh, <laughs> oh Jesus. It, the dog went for it. it instead of the cat. Holy shit. Did you get it? Oh. Did you get it? Oh, no, it's gone. Wow, this is exciting. That 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 dog, uh, as you guys heard on 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 the podcast on the episode, did kick his dejambe oh, as it yeah. <laughs> dove for the rat. Is the that's couch. what that's what that noise was? Like? <laughs> I don't know where it went. Well, it was exciting at the very least. The Sorry. rat killing is going to be a good cold open for the episode. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry about that. It was good. We're, we're trying to turn our best to give you a bit of play by play. That was scary. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.